What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, areas of Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. I'm here to help and guide you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, distribute your podcast. Of course, add music intros, outros, uploading episodes with unlimited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get sponsorship. Isn't that great? It's everything you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. Like I always say, if you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster host like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get a head start. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Hey, good evening, everyone from the USA, all over the world, Canada, Long Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, aka Lonely Nomad, aka The Greginator, aka YouTuber, host with the most, rookie podcaster of Queens, New York. And you are now rocking with the Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, episode 25. How about that? And we have a great show for you today, all lined up today. Um, we have um, some some movies and, and a TV show and a music artist that we got to go over today. So we have some review topics of Takers, The Town, Heat, Reservoir Dogs, Inside Man, Baby Driver, Money Heist, the TV series, and and a friend of mine, um, Leanna Banks. So, um, I'm going to save the best one for last for Leanna Banks. So, let's get started. Before we even get started, though, if you are a new listener and a YouTuber watcher who, who is new to the channel, and a new listener, and you miss any previous episodes whatsoever, please be sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast page on YouTube. Go grab the subscribe button alongside with enabling alerts with the note with the uh, notification bell. Um, be sure to stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes previous episodes um leave a like leave a like in the comment with the topics along with the episodes share the videos tell a friend to another friend and i will go over the audio streaming platforms at the end of the show all right i got you back so i got you so um, let's get to it. Um, our first review is going to be Reservoir Dogs. Um, <clears throat> Reservoir Dogs is a 1992 American crime film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino in his feature-length debut. It stars Harvey Cartel, Tim Roth, Chris Penn, Steve Bus. Um, Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi, Lawrence um, Tierney, Michael Madsen, um, Tarantino, and Edward Bunker as diamond thieves who plan who plan heist of a jewelry store goes terribly wrong. The film depicts the events before and after, but not during. The heist: Kirk, Bolts, Randy Brooks, and Stephen Wright also play supporting roles. It incorporates many motifs um, that have become Tarantino's hallmarks, violent crime, pop culture references, profanity, and non-linear storytelling. Um, So the film is regarded as a classic of an independent film and a cult film. Ah, man. Here we go again with the cult film shit, though, man. I, you know, 
Hold on a minute here. Just to give people an idea of what a cult film or cult movie is. So let's just say, okay, let me just read this. Also commonly referred as referred to as a cult classic is a film that has acquired a cult following. Cult films are known for their de de dedicated, passionate fan base, which forms an elaborate subculture members of which engage in repeated viewings, dialogue recording, and audience participation. Inclusive definitions allow for major studio pr productions, especially box office bombs, while exclusive definitions focus more on obscure transgressive films shunned by the mainstream. The difficulty in defining the term and subjectivity of what qualifies as a cult film mirror classic classic no classific or classific classificatory disputes about art. The term cult film itself was used was first used in the 1970s to describe the culture that surrounded underground films and midnight movies. Though cult was in common use in film analysis for decades prior to that. Oh wow. So that's basically what the okay, so the definition of a cult film is one that has a passionate following but does not appeal to everybody james bond movies are not cult films but chainsaw chainsaw movies are just because a movie is a cult film does not automatically guarantee quality some cult movies are very bad others are very very good some make an awful lot of money at the box office others make no money at all some are considered quality films other our expectations Alex Cox in his introduction to the Wicker Man or movie drone 1988 so there you go what um what a cult film is all right so <clears throat> yeah so yeah cult film and was named greatest in independent film of all time by Empire Although controversial at first for its depictions of violence and heavy use of profanity, Reservoir Dogs was generally well received with the cast being being praised by many critics despite not being heavily promoted during its theatrical run. The film became a modest success in the United States after grossing 2.8 million against its scant budget. Um hold on folks uh, for those of you who just coming in and don't know what we're talking about here this is a I forgot to mention this segment here called the the popcorn man cave popcorn lounge so um, it's basically a segment about where we actually go over the bodies of work of movies and TV shows and stuff um, so um, musical aid will be next for the last part of the show. So um, let's continue. Um, so, um, of course, um, let me see. Yeah. 
Despite not being heavily promoted during its theatrical run, the film became a modest success in the United States at the grossing $2.8 million against its scant budget. It achieved high popularity after the success of Tarantino's next film, Pulp Fiction. A soundtrack was released featuring songs used in the film. Most are mostly from the 1970s. Um, I know what you guys thinking, man. How come I never seen Pulp Fiction? I was little when when the shit came out in 1994. I was little by then. So, <laughs> and plus it's a two-hour movie, man. Like, come on. Anyway, um, so we go to the box office of Reservoir Dogs. It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January 1992. It became the festival's most talked about film and was subsequently picked up for distribution by Miramax Films. After being shown at several other film festivals, including in Cannes, Nocanes, Sitges, and Toronto, Reservoir Dogs opened in the United States in 19 theaters with a first week total of 147,839 dollars. It was expanded to 61 theaters and totaled with 2,832,029 dollars at the domestic box office. The film grossed more than double that in the United Kingdom, where it did not receive a home video release until 1995. During the period of unavailability of on home video, the film was re-released in UK cinemas in June 1994. Critical reception. Reservoir Dogs is regarded as an important and influential milestone of independent filmmaking. Uh, review aggregation website Rotten Tomatoes gives the film an approval rating of 92% based on 71 reviews and an average rating of 8.87 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, um, thrumming with intelligence and energy, Reservoir Dogs opens Quentin Tarantino's filmmaking career with hard-hitting style. On Metacritic, the film has an average score of 79 out of 100 based on 24 critics. Um, hold on a minute. Um, yeah, 21, no, excuse me, um, 24 critics indicating generally favorable reviews. Empire Magazine named it the greatest independent film ever made. At the film's release at the Sundance Film Festival, film critic um, Jamie Bernard of the New York Daily News compared the effect of Reservoir Doors to that of the 1895 film, um, which I'm not even going to even pronounce that. Um, when audiences supposedly saw a moving train um, approaching the camera and ducked, Bernard said that Reservoir Doors had a similar effect and people were not ready for it. Vincent um, Canby of the New York Times enjoyed the cast and the usage of nonlinear storytelling 
He similarly complimented Tarantino's directing and liked the fact that he did not often use close-ups in the film. Kenneth Turin of the Los Angeles Times also enjoyed the film and the acting, particularly that of Buscemi, Tierney, and Madsen, and said Tarantino's um, palpable enthusiasm, his unapologetic passion for what he's created, uh, reinvigorates this um, venerable plot and mayhem aside, makes it involving for longer than you might suspect. Critic James Bernanelli was of a similar opinion. He complimented both the cast and Tarantino's dialogue writing abilities. Hal Henson of the New um, excuse me, the Washington Post, to be exact, was also enthusiastic about the cast, complimenting the film on its um, deadpan sense of humor. Um, Roger, okay, Roger Ebert was less enthusiastic. He felt that the script could have been better and said that the film feels like it's going to be terrific, but Tarantino's script does not have enough curiosity about the characters. He also said that Tarantino has an idea and trusts the idea to drive the plot. Ebert gave the film two and a half stars out of four and said that while he enjoyed it and that it was a very good film from a talented director, I liked what I saw, but I wanted more. The film has received substantial criticism for its strong violence and language. One scene that viewers found particularly unnerving was the ear-cutting scene. Excuse me. Madsen himself reportedly had great difficulty finishing it, especially after Kirk Baltz ad-libbed the desperate plea, end quote, I've got a little kid at home. Many people walked out during the film, during a screening at Sitges Film Festival. 15 people walked out, including horror film director Wes Craven and special makeup FS artist Rick Baker. Baker later told Tarantino to take the walkout as a compliment and explained that he found the violence unnerving because of its heightening um, sense of realism. Tarantino commented about it at the time. It happens at every single screening. For some people, the violence or the rudeness of the language is a mountain they can't climb. That's okay. It's not their cup of tea. But I am affecting them. I wanted that scene to be disturbing. Um, so we go to the, um, I'm going to skip over the um, analysis part. So let's go to the accolades, man. Um, the film was screened out of competition at the 1992 Cannes Film Festival. It won the Critics Award at the 4th um, Gibari International Fantastic Film Festival in February 1993, which Tarantino attended. The film was also nominated for the Grand Prix of the Belgian Syndicate of Cinema Critics. Steve Buscemi won the 1992 Independent Spirit Award for Best Supporting Male, 
Reservoir Dogs ranks at number 97 in Empire's Magazine's list of the 500 greatest films of all time. Wow. Um, damn. Okay, so we go to the professional ratings. Um, all music gave it five, five and a half stars. Reservoir Dogs um, original motion picture soundtrack was the first soundtrack of for uh, a Quentin Tarantino film and set the structure his later soundtracks would follow. This included the extensive use of snippets of dialogue from the film. The soundtrack has selections of songs from the 1960 to the 1980s. Only the group Bella recorded original songs for the film. Reasoning that the film takes place over a weekend, Tarantino decided to set it to a fictional radio station, K-Billy. Um, yeah, um, presumably K-B-L-Y's um, show, K-Billy Super Sounds of the 70s Weekend, a theme weekend show, a broadcast of songs from the 70s. The radio station played a prominent role in the film. The DJ for the radio was chosen to be Stephen Wright, a comedian known for his deadpan delivery of jokes. An unusual feature of the soundtrack was the choice of songs. Tarantino has said that he feels the music to be a counterpart, no counterpoint to the off-screen violence and action. He also stated that he wished for him no, he wished for the film to have a 1950s feel while using 70s music. A prominent instance of this is the torture scene to this tune of Stuck in the Middle with You. So here are the track listings for this soundtrack. Um, so, and now Little Green Bag um, by Stephen Wright. Little Green Bag the George Baker selection, Rock Flock of Five, um, Stephen Wright, Hook on a Feeling, Blue Suede, Behemoth, um, Stephen Wright, I Gotcha, Joe Tex, Magic Copyright, Bellum, Madonna Speech, um, performed by Quentin Tarantino, Edward Bunker, um, Lawrence Turney, Steve Buscemi, and Harvey Keitel. Um, Fool for Love by Sandy Rogers. Super Sounds, performed by Stephen Wright. Stuck in the Middle with You, Steel's Wheel. <laughs> Harvest Moon, <laughs> uh, Bellum. <laughs> Let's Get a Taco, performed by Harvey Cartel and Tim Roth. Keep on Trucking, Dialogue Extract, performed by Stephen Wright. Coconut, Harry Nilsson. Home of Rock, performed by Stephen Wright. And we go to the certifications. Um, Australia Platinum um, Certified Units and Sales, 70,000. Canada Gold, 50,000. New Zealand platinum 50, 15,000, Spain gold 50,000, 50, United Kingdom platinum 100,000, United States 
863,000. Now, I didn't know about the remix and stuff, so I'm not even going to go into that. Oh, man. I'm not even going to go into the remix, so. Um, let's go to our next film, which is Heat. Okay, so Heat is a 1995 American crime drama film written and directed by Michael Mann. It features an assembled cast led by Al Pacino and Robert De Niro with Tom Sizemore, John Voight, and Val Kilmer in supporting roles. The film follows the conflict between an LAPD detective played by Pacino and a career thief played by Robert De Niro while also depicting its effect on their professional relationships and personal lives. Hmm. Um, so the casting is Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Tom Sizemore, Diane Venora, Amy Brenneman, Ashley Judd, McKelty Williamson, Wes Studi, Ted Levine, John Voight, Val Kilmer. Um, of course, Mann wrote the original script for Heat in 1979, uh, basing it on Chicago police officer Chuck Adamson's pursuit of criminal Neil McCauley after whom the nearest character is named. The script was first used for a television pilot developed by Mann, which became the, the 1989 television film L.A. Takedown. After the pilot did not receive a series order in 1994, Mann revisited the script to turn it into a feature film, co-producing the project with Art Linson. The film marks De Niro and Pacino's um, first on-screen appearance together following a period of acclaimed performances from both. Due to their esteemed reputations, promotions centered on their involvement. Heat was released by Warner Brothers Pictures on December 15, 1995 to critical and commercial success. It grossed $187 million on a $60 million budget. While receiving praise for man's direction and screenplay, action sequences, sound, and the performances of Pacino and De Niro, although it did not receive any major award nominations, he is regarded as one of the most influential films of its genre and has inspired numerous other works. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not even going to go into the impact of things, so let's go over to the soundtrack. So, let's see. Um, so, the soundtrack was released December 19, 1995. So, we go to the professional ratings right here. Um, Filmtracks.com, four stars. Music from the movies, four stars. All music, three stars. So, let's see. On December 19, 1995, Warner Brothers Records released a soundtrack album on cassette and CD to accompany the film, accompanying the film entitled Heat, Music for the Motion Picture. The album was produced by um, 
Matias Gold. It contained a 29-minute selection of the film score composed by Elliot Goldenthal, as well as songs by other artists such as U2 and Brian Eno, um, collaborating as passengers. Um, Terjay um, Rip, Rip, Ripto, Moby, and Lisa Gerard. He used an abridged instrumental rendition of the Joy Division song New Dawn Fades by Moby, which also features in the same form on the soundtrack album. Man reused the. Um, I'm not even going to try to butcher this right now. Okay, so I'm Sturzende Nubatin track Armenia in his 1995 film The Insider. The film ends with Moby's God moving over the face of the waters, a different version of which was included at the end of the soundtrack album. Man and Golden Thor decided on the atmospheric situation for the film soundtrack. Golden Thor used a set consisting of multiple guitars, which he termed guitar orchestra and thought it brought the film score closer to a European style. All right. Um, the soundtrack was um, noted for lack of a central theme. Christian um, Clemenson of Filmtracks.com criticized the omission from the album of much music heard in the film due to the film's length, but praised the album as a decent listening experience and Goldenthal score as psycho psychologically engaging and intellectually challenging, believing it to be one of Goldenthal's best. All music called it a soundtrack for the mind, full of twists and turns, Music from the movies.com thought of the album as uncharacteristic for Golden Thor style, calling the atmosphere absolutely electrifying. All right, so we're gonna go over the track listings for the soundtrack. Heat, um, performed by Chronos Quartet, written by Elliot Golden Thor. YouTube, oh, okay, hold on, always forever now. Um, you, written by you two, Brian Enno, Passengers. Condensers, um, written by Elliot and performed by Elliot Gopenthal. Um, Refinery su Surveillance, Elliot Goldenthal. Chronos Quartet, Last Night, um, Turgy Ripto and the chasers and ultramarine michael brook armenia blixa barjeld fm einhart einhit um i'm not even gonna um einster zende nubatten um of helplessness Elliot Goldenthal, written and performed by Elliot Goldenthal. Steel Cello Lament, 
Elliot Goldenthal again, Mr. McMahon, Tarjay Ritko, and the, Ch and the Chasers. Um, okay, um, New Dawn Fades from I Like to School in 1997, um, written by Ian Curtis, Peter Peter Hook, Stephen Morris, Bernard Summer, Moby, um, and Trotta and Shootout, um, performed and written by Elliot Goldenthal, Force Marker, Brian Eno, um, Coffee Shot, Elliot Goldenthal, Face Scrapes, Elliot Goldenthal again, uh, La Base Song of the Drowned, edited version from the Mirror Pool 1985, um, written and performed by Lisa Gerard, Gordon, Lisa Gerard again, no, hold on, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, 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 I got that. So, Run Uphill, Elliot Goldenthal, um, Predator, Diorama, Elliot Goldenthal, Chronos Quartet, A Separation, um, Elliot Goldenthal, again, uh, God Moving Over the Face of the Waters, From Everything is Wrong, 1985, Richard Hall, is the writer Moby is the performer um I didn't even know about the video game aspect so um, um a video game based on the film was announced at E3 2006 under development by Gearbox Software PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 during E3 2009 it was revealed that Gearbox did not have the license of the film to make the game as this was being optioned to be sold Michael Mann, director of the film, was reported to be involved with the game. And in a 2009 interview, Randy Pitchford, president, CEO, and co-founder of Gearbox Software, said that the development of the game had been halted and the IP could potentially be available to another developer, saying, In a nutshell, we're nowhere. We have passed the game makers that would love to do it. We got we've got filmmakers that think it's a great idea that would love to see it done we have publishing partners that would love to publish it but we have no time that's the limiting factor because of the situation we are not keeping the ip locked down anymore so if somebody else were in spot where they could do it and everybody was comfortable with that then conceivably that could happen Nah, I didn't even know about the sequel. This is crazy, man. Hold on. Yeah. I didn't even know about the sequel. So in September 2019, man was asked whether he would produce or make a film of novel, to which he replied absolutely and stated, the landscape is changing so radically and so quickly. Who knows? When being asked on whether it would be a film or a series in May 2020, 25 years following the film's release, Michael Mann stated he was writing a novel which would serve as a prequel to the film's main events as well as a sequel which he teased in 2016. Um, all right. 
Hold on a minute. Let me get comfy. Sorry about that. Um, all right, let's go to takers. All right. Takers, formerly known as Bone Deep, is a 2010 American film, no, American thrill film directed by John Lusenhop from a story and screenplay written by Lusenhop, Gabriel um, Cases, Peter Allen, John Rogers, and Avery Duff. It features Matt Dillon, Paul Walker, Edges Alba, Jay Hernandez, Michael Ely, Tip T.I. Harris, Chris Brown, Hayden Christensen, and Zoe Saldana. Saldana. The film was released on August 27th, um, 2010. Um, so, let me name the guys already. So, the film follows a group of professional bank robbers, Ely, Brown, Christensen, Walker, and Alba, who specialize in spectacular robberies. They are pulled into one last job by a recently paroled cohort T.I., only to be pitted against a hardball detective Dylan and his partner Hernandez who interrupt their heist. And of course, the reception of the movie, um, Takers received mixed reviews from critics. The review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes reported that 28% of critics have given the film a positive review based on 113 reviews with an average rating of 4.53 out of 10. The site's critics consensus reads, Takers um, boost some gripping set pieces and keeps things moving quickly. But it's two-dimensional characters, cliche script, and brazenly um, derivative plot make it hard to recommend. On Metacritic, the film holds a weighted average score of 45 out of 100 on 20 critics, indicating mixed or average reviews. Yahoo Movies critics um, gave the movie an average C grade, saying Takers is almost a good little heist movie. Author Stephen King in his end of the year Entertainment Weekly column listed it at number five of his best films of 2010. He says that the climax does strain credit, credu, credulit, um, credulity. Wow. But the characters feel real and Armored Car Heist is the best action sequence in 2010. So box office, the film was number one at the box office during its opening weekend, making um, 20512304 million dollars And the Accolades BT Awards, um, Best Actor um, 2011, um, Edges Alba, also for Luther, um, 2011 nomination, um, Best Actor Chris Brown, Best Movie, got nominated. Um, Black Reels Award, um, 2011 nomination, Best Assemble, 2011 nomination, Best Screenplay, Adapted or Original, California on Location, 
Awards 2011 Win Location Team of the Year features um, features NAACP Image Awards 2011 nomination Outstanding Supporting Actor in the Motion Picture Idris Alba. Okay. Another bank heist um, movies. Um, so there's a movie I never even got a chance to get into, which is The Town. That also came out in 2010. So The Town is a 2010 American crime thriller film co-written, directed by, and starring Ben Affleck, adapted from Chuck Hogan's 2004 novel Prince of Thieves. It also stars Rebecca Hall, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner, Blake Lively, Titus Williver, oh man, um, Pete Post Left Weight, and Chris Cooper, and also and follows a group of Boston bank robbers who set out to get one final score by Robin Fenway Park. Wow. Um so the box office budget was 37 million. Box office made 154 million. So the f- film premiered on September 8th, 2010 at the Venice Film Festival before being released in the United States on September 17th, 2010. Based on actual events, it received praise from critics for its direction, screenplay, editing, and the performances of the cast, particularly Renner and gross 154 million worldwide. The film was chosen by the National Board of Review as one of the top 10 films of 2010, while Renner was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor and and Pulse Leafweight was posthumously nominated for the, the BAFTA Award for Best Supporting Actor. Um, all right, so we're going to go to the reception. Um, so critical response on review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes. The town has an approval rating of 92% based on 235 reviews with an average rating of 7.70 um, out of 10. The site's critical consensus read, in quote, Ted Smarty written and wonderfully cast. The town proves that Van Affleck has rediscovered his muse and that he's a director to be reckoned with. Metacritic gives the film a weighted average score of 74 out of 100, based on 42 critics, indicating generally favorable reviews. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of B plus on an A plus to F scale. Um, <clears throat> Roger Ebert gave the film three out of four stars, praising Renner's performance and Affleck's direction. In his review for the New York Times, A.O. Scott commented on the opening heist, end quote. The sequence, like most of the other action set pieces in the film, is lean, brutal, and efficient. And evidence of Mr. Affleck's skill and self-confidence as a director. Um, Zan, Zan Brooks in The Guardian wrote that the action sequences were sharply orchestrated, but 
at it, it's a bogus, bullheaded enterprise all the same. A film that leaves no cliche untrampled. Justin Chang wrote in Variety that the action scenes strike an ideal balance between kineticism and clarity, aided by cinematographer Robert um, Ellswick and film editor Dylan um, Trenton. Um, um, wait, hold on. Titchener. Um, Richard Robert of the Chicago Sun Times gave the film an A plus, noting that he found the film incredibly similar to Michael Mann's Heat, which he described as one of his favorite movies of all time. The reviewers at Spill.com also praised one of the shootout scenes, saying it is surely the best shootout scene we have seen in decades. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. Um. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah, in decades. Um, writing in the Seattle Intelligence, sir. Uh, Laremi Lango titled his review: "The town works for the, the town works best if you avoid the heat." Also referencing man's film as a Boston-based crime drama, the film forms port of a crime movie subgenre typically brought by flavorsome accents, pungent atmosphere, and fantastic undertow. According to Chang, within the subgenre, which includes the Boondock Saints, The Departed, Mystic River, and Affleck's Gone Baby Gone. The town is more of the straightforward crime procedural and has a more optimistic outlook the the film also takes influence from boston bank robbery from the friends of eddie um coil um several scenes in the town including the release of the blindfolded hostages to walk to the water's edge mirror sequences in this film okay all right, we're going to go to the accolades right now. Um, National Board of Review, um, ten no top ten films, best acting by assembled cast, um, both won an award. Best film, best cast, best screenplay, broadcast film critics association award, best film, best supporting actor. Academy Award, Best Supporting Actor, Golden Globe Award, Best Supporting Actor, Screen Actors Guild Award, Best Supporting Actor, Dallas Fort Worth Film Critics Association, um, Best Supporting Actor, um, National Society of Film Critics, Best Supporting Actor, St. Louis Getaway Film Critics. Association Best Supporting Actor, um, San San Diego Film Critics Society Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, um, Best Supporting Actor Satellite Award at Best Adapted Screenplay, um, Producers Guild of America Best Film, BAFTA Award Best Supporting Actor. Um, basically, 
Um, ben Affleck, Peter Craig, and Aaron Stockard. Jeremy Renner, Blake Lively. Um, Jeremy Renner again. Peter Craig, Aaron Stockard, Ben Affleck, then um, Titchener. Um, Pete Post, Linked, Wait. All got nominations. Okay. I'm not even gonna go over. I'm not even gonna go over the uh, factual accuracy. I'm not even gonna go over that. So um, due to time constraints, right here. So um, our next movie we are going to review is Baby Driver. Baby Driver is a 2017 action film written and directed by Edgar Wright. It stars um Ansel. Al Gore as a getaway driver seeking freedom from a life of crime with his girlfriend Deborah Lily James. Kevin Spacey, John Hamm, Isaac Gonzalez, Jamie Foxx, and John Bartho, Bernto appear in supporting roles. Eric Fellner and his working title films partner Tim Bevan produced Baby Driver in association with Big Talk Productions, Nera Park, Sony, and TriStar Pictures, handled commercial distribution of the film. Baby Driver was financed through a partnership between TriStar and MRC. Okay. Um, okay, so we are going to... Okay, the budget was $34 million. The box office... Um, Made $226.9 million. Okay, so Wright developed Baby Driver for over, excuse me, over two decades. He devised the idea while in his youth and his, excuse me, early directing experience further shaped his ambitions for Baby Driver. Originally based in Los Angeles, Wright revised the film's setting to Atlanta, integrating the city's ethos into an important storytelling device. Principal photography took place in Atlanta over four months from February to May 2016. Production involved the planning of meticulously um, coordinated stunts, choreography, and in camera shooting. Critics have examined Baby Driver's subject matter in the thematic studies of the film, with emphasis on its use of color symbolism and focus on Baby's evolving morality. Baby Driver premiered at the South by Southwest Festival on March 11, 2017, and was released in theaters in North America and the United Kingdom on June 28th. It was well received by the media for its craftsmanship and style, though the characterization and screenwriting drew occasional um, criticism. The National Board of Review selected the Baby Driver as one of the top films of the year. It earned $226 million globally, bolstered by positive word of mouth support and flagging interest in blockbuster franchises. Baby Driver was nominated for numerous awards, including three Academy Awards, two BAFTA Film Awards, 
with a win for editing, two Critic Choice Awards again with a win for editing, and a gold Golden Globe Award and won several other honors, chiefly for technical achievement. The success of Baby Driver has increased the studio interest in producing a sequel. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're gonna go to the reception, and I'm probably gonna read the possible sequel to this movie. So, Baby Driver was a financial success, although the film's performance faltered in China. It performed strongly in key North American and European markets until the end of its theatrical run. Baby Driver earned $107.8 million in the United States and Canada, $119.1 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $226.9 million, making it the 31st highest grossing film of 2017 and rights highest grossing grossing films to date. The TriStar Media Rights Capital Partnership recouped their budget with a $51.5 million, million net profit, factoring in marketing costs and other expenses. Good word of mouth support as well as for, for, uh, fatiguing um interest in blockbuster franchises were considered critical to baby drivers box office success in the united states um exit polling showed strong commercial potential across a variety of audiences similar similar score polls conducted during opening night revealed the average grade film gore gave baby driver was a minus on an a plus to f scale um, audiences were strong, mostly stronger, no, mostly younger, 52% were under 25 and 57% were men. The main reason given for seeing the film were its action, 44%. The actors, 26%, right, 16%. Um, hourly advanced ticket sales eclipsed that of Transformers The Last Night. Predictions while acknowledging the positive media response and word of mouth support for Baby Driver were conflicted about the long-term commercial viability uh, of an economical film in a fiercely competitive market. The film made 5.7 million on its first day of wide release, including 2.1 million from Tuesday night previews and earned another 3.3 million the following Thursday. It went on to take second place at the weekend box office with 30 million from 3,226 theaters, trailing Despicable Me 3. This return surpassed Sony's expectations for the weekend and marked the best opening of any right directed film in the United States to date. The second week in the United States saw the box office drop by 36.7% to 13 million. And Baby Driver grossed another 8.8 .8 million the following weekend. By August 14th, the film topped 100 million domestically. 
TriStore we expanded the Venice Theater presence for the week of August 25th, earning $1.2 million from 1,074 theaters, a 34% increase from the prior week. Baby Driver completed its theatrical run in North America on October 19th, 2017. Okay. Um, Baby Driver was released in 16 markets between June 28th and July 2nd, 2017. Its overall rank for the um, weekend was second to Despicable Meets 3. The United Kingdom represented the film's largest taken with um, with 3.6 million from 680 cinemas. It took $1.8 million in the second week and the third week in the United Kingdom saw the box office drop by just 26. Um, as of the latest figures, Baby Driver earned $16.6 million in the United Kingdom on its opening weekend. Elsewhere, it earned $3.7 million in Australia, $1.7 million in New in Mexico, 1.7 million in France, 1.2 million in Germany, 1.2 million in Brazil, 843,000 in Spain, and 620,000 in Malaysia. During its mid-September opening in South Korea, Baby Driver grossed 3.12 million. By September 3rd, the film's offshore gross exceeded 102. million. Okay, critical response. Um, the American press considered Baby Driver among the strongest films of 2017. The film was selected by the National Board of Review as one of their top choices for the organization's annual top 10 films list. Several journalists praised the film for its craftsmanship, which they saw as an exercise of rights expertise. Empire's Terry Wright, Terry White, or rather, called Baby Driver one of the most utterly original films in years that comes as close to a car chase opera as you ever see on screen. Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian felt that the film was stylish and engaging and, quote, packed with sheer brio and good nature, despite sticking with romantic notions, romantic notions of car chasing being a victimless crime. And Variety's um, Peter DeBruge said Baby Driver becomes a genre standout through a mostly clever collection of jokes. Um, Sudden narrative U-turns aptly picked songs and a strong emphasis on car chases. Um, reviews for the actors performance performances were very positive and the media often um, singling singling out um, Elgore and James for further praise with their work described as star making and radiant. 
the characterization divided journalists with several criticizing the depiction of some characters, often the women in their reviews. The Deborah was viewed as a somewhat underdeveloped character by Eric Kahn of IndieWire, whereas White felt that because of the sparse details of her backstory, she lacked depth and too often has little agency of her own. Richard Brody of the New York of the New Yorker considered Baby Driver's dialogue almost entirely functional, devoid of nuance, resulting in characters who are largely interchangeable despite the best efforts of a diverse cast. Others, such as David Eldenstein of Vulture magazine and the Azarist Thelma Adams cited character development as one of the film's strengths. The scripting and plot development in the film's cinematic scenes sources of criticism. Some reviewers cited the script writing as Baby Driver's biggest flaw, um, where rapid tonal shifts undermine the viewing experiences. Sinestes Adam Naiman, for example, attributed the mistakes in the script to Wright's inexperience as a solo writer. The rap saw the lost momentum as jarring and uncommon, saying rarely do we see a filmmaker start so strong only to end with a whimper. Anthony Lane, writing for New York, The New Yorker, felt the film takes itself too seriously and lacks the self-awareness of Wright's other action comedies such as Hot Fuzz. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 92% based on 395 reviews with an average rating of 8.1 out of 10. The website's critical consensus reads, stylish, exciting, and fueled by a killer soundtrack, Baby Driver hits the road and is gone, proving fast-paced action. Movies can be smartly written without sacrificing thrills. On Metacritic, the film has a weighted average score of 86 out of 100, based on 53 reviews indicating universal acclaim. All right, so we're going to go to the accolades. Um, so, Academy Awards, March 4th, 2018. Best film editing, best sound editing, best sound mixing. Um, of course, Paul McLiss and Jonathan Amos, Julian Slater, Tim Cavagin, Mary H. Ellis, and Julian Slater. Um, Alliance of Women Film Journalist, January 9th, 2018. Best Editing, American Cinema Editors, um, January 26, 2018. Best Edited Feature Film, Comedy or Musical, um, of course, Paul Macklis and Jonathan, Jonathan Amos, all got nominations. Um, British Academy Film Awards, February 18, 2018, Best Editing, um, one. Best Sound, Tim Cavagin, Mary H. Ellis, and Julian Slater um, not got a nomination. Um, Casting Society, um, 
of America, January 18th. Big budget drama. Christine Maisler and Megan Lewis um, got a nomination. Chicago Film Critics Association, December 12, 2017. Best editing. Paul Macklis and Jonathan Amos won. Um, so we have Cinema Audio Society Awards, February 18, no, February 24th, 2018. Motion Picture Live Action. We have Mark Appleby, Tim Carrigan, um, Gareth Cousins. Mary H. Ellis, Glenn Gathard, and Julian Slater all got nominations. All right. Um, all right. Um, Critics' Choice Award, no, Critics' Choice Movie Awards, January 11, um, 2018. Best Editing, Best Action Movie, Paul Macklis and Jonathan Amos won that one. So, Best Action Movie nomination, Detroit Film Critics Society, December 7, 2017, Best Use of Music, Baby Driver um, won that. Um, Empire Awards, March 18, 2018, um, Best Director, Edgar Wright, Best Male Newcomer, Austin Ansel Algor, Best Thriller, Best Production, Okay, hold on. All got nominations. Best Production Design, Best Soundtrack, um, Baby Driver, both won. Um, Georgia Film Critics Association, January 12, 2018. Um, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to try to butcher that um, person's name, so I'm not even going to say what that is. Um, this is for the Excellence in Georgia Cinema, um, which also um, Edgar Wright won that one too. So we have the Golden Globe Awards, January 7, 2018, Best Actor, Motion Picture, Musical, Comedy, and so Al Gore, Outstanding Achievement in Sound Editing Music, Julian Slater and Bradley Farmer. Um, all got nominations. Um, Golden Reel Awards, February 18, 2018. Outstanding Achievement in Sound Editing, Dialogue, and ADR. Julian Slater and Dan Morgan. Um, Outstanding Achievement in Sound Editing, Effects, um, Foley. Julian Slater, Jeremy Price, Martin Cantwell, Arthur Gradley, Ron Watson, Peter Hansen, Zoe Freed, and Peter Burgess. All got nominations. Golden Toronto Awards. Oh boy. You know what? I'm not even gonna go through all these, man. I'm trying to finish this right now. So the possible uh, sequel. Um, the success of Baby Driver has increased studio interest in producing a sequel. Discussions of a sequel began in. December 2017, as Wright announces intent to develop the script to the media. The writer-director began drafting the screenplay in January 2019, introducing an assemble of new characters to advance the story. By July, Wright had shown Al Gore a copy of the completed script under a tentative working title. In January 2021, Wright confirmed that 
he had finished writing the sequel script. Okay. Um. So we got one more um thing to go over actually, and that's Money Heist the TV show. Oh boy. So Money Heist um is a Spanish crime drama television series created by Alex Pena. The series traces two more prepared heists led by the professor um, Alvaro Morte, one of the royal mint of Spain, and one on the bank of Spain told the, from the perspective of one of the robbers, Tokyo um, Ursula Corbero. The narrative is told in a real-time life fashion and relies on flashbacks time jumps hidden character motivations um we have and an unreliable narrator for complexity complexity um so this is um basically starring ursula cabello of Morte. it's cr atunio Pedro Alonso, Paco Tus, Alba Flores, Miguel Haran, Jamie Laurente as the Acebo, Enrique Arce, Maria Pedraza, Darko um, Perik, Kitty Maver, um, Luca Peros, um, Hovic, I don't want to um, butcher this. So I'm not even gonna butcher the last name, so just call by the first name. Fernando Kayo Rodrigo de La Sarna uh Najwa Nimri. Okay, so let me just get to this shit though, man. The series was initially intended as a limited series to be told in two parts. It had its original run of 15 episodes on Spanish work, no, excuse me, Spanish network, um, Antenna 3 from um, 2 May 2017 through November um, 2017 to 23rd. Um, Netflix acquired global streaming rights in late 2017. It recut the series into 20 two shorter episodes and released them worldwide beginning with the first two the first part on the 20th of december 2017 followed by the second part on the 6th of april 2018 in april 2018 netflix reviewed the series with a significantly increased budget for 16 new episodes total part three and all right um with eight episodes was released on july uh, the the 19th of july 2019 part four also with eight episodes released on three on the third of april 2020 a documentary involving the producers and the cast premiered on netflix the same day titled money heist the phenomenon in july 2020 Netflix renewed the show for a fifth and final final part, which would be released in two five-episode volumes on 
the third of September and the third of December 2021, respectively. The series was filmed in major Spain. Significant portions were, were also filmed in Panama, Thailand, Italy, Florence, Denmark, and Portugal. The series received several awards, including the International Emmy Award for Best Drama Series at the 46th International Emmy Awards, as well as critical acclaim for its sophisticated plot, interpersonal dramas, direction, and for trying to innovate Spanish television. The, the Italian anti-fascist song, Bella Ciao, which plays multiple times throughout the series, became a summer hit across Europe in 2018 by 2018, the series was the most watched non-English language series and one of the most watched series overall on Netflix, having particularly risen resonance with viewers in the Mediterranean Europe and the Latin American regions. Okay, hold on, folks. Um, um Case okay, so of premise set in Madrid, a mysterious man known as the Professor recruits a group of eight people who choose city names as their aliases to carry out an ambitious plan that involves entering the Royal Mint of Spain and escaping with um, $984 million. After taking 67 people hostage inside the mint. The team plans to remain inside for 11 days to print the money as they deal with elite police forces. In the events following the initial heist, the group's members are forced out of hiding and prepare for a second heist, this time on the Bank of Spain, as they again deal with hostages and police forces. Okay, I'm not even going to really... I'm not going to go into these elements because um, I want to finish this actually. So um, we're going to go to some reception real quick because I got to review a music artist next. So, um, um, so public response after the move to Netflix. Uh, the series remained the most followed series on Netflix for six consecutive weeks and became one of the most popular series on IMDb. It regularly trended on Twitter worldwide, largely because celebrities com commented on it, such as football players on um, Neymar and Mark Bartra, American singer Rom Romeo Santos, and author Stephen King. While users flooded social networks and with the media of um, themselves wearing the robber's outfit, the robber's costumes were worn at the Rio Carn Carn Carnival and um, Dow League icons were shown on huge banners in Saudi Arabia football stadiums. Real footage of these events would later be shown in part three as a tribute to the show's international success. The Musée um, Graven in Paris added status, you know, statues of the robbers to its wax museum in 2018 of the summer.
the show's iconography was used prominently by third parties for advertising sports presentations and in porn <laughs> damn <laughs> um although the show's first two parts were popular the domestic market in spain failed to convince atina 3 to continue the series and it was shelved until international response escalated to the point where the cast and crew were called back for another two seasons the there have also been negative responses to the influence of the show in numerous incidents um, real heist men wore the show's red costumes and dolly masks in their attacks or copied the fictional robbers' infiltration plans. The robbers' costumes were banned at the 2019 Lamaso Carnival Festival as a security measure as a result. The series was used as an attack on YouTube when hackers removed the most played song in the platform's history. Uh, uh, Despacito and left an image of the show instead. An unrelated reports of journalists from the Turkish state channel um, Eka TV and and our, our politician have both warned against the show for supposedly encouraging terrorism and being a dangerous symbol for rebellion. Um, <clears throat> Spanish newspaper El Mundo saw the public response as a reflection of the climate of the global, excuse me, global disenchantment, where the robbers represent the perfect anti-heroes. And new statement, statesman explains the show resonance with international audiences as coming from the social and economic tensions it depicts and because of the utopian escape it offers <clears throat> viewer response was especially high in the mediterranean europe and the latin world in particular spain Italy, France, Portugal, Brazil, Chile, and Argentina. So Spanish as a common language did not appear to be an un, un, uh, unifying reason for the show's success. Writer Avia um, Gomez uh, Santander and actor Pedro Alonso rather argued that the Latin world used to feel at the um, periphery of global importance, but a new sentiment was coming that Spain could compete with the global players in terms of media production levels and give the best, give the rest of the world a voice. Netflix partnered with Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege for an in-game event where hostages on the bank map wore money heist outfits, outfits for two in-game characters were purchasable and the music in the background during the heist was Bella Chow. <clears throat> the series is one of the two Spanish language TV series to be featured in TV Times top 50 most followed TV shows ever. 
currently being fifth, the fifth most followed series on the platform. Now we go to critical reception. The series beginning on Atenas Street was received by received well by Spanish media. Nayan Costas of El Confidential named the premiere a promising start that captivated viewers with adrenaline, well dosed touches of humor and a lot of tension, but considered it a challenge to maintain the dramatic tension for the remainder of the series, while considering the pilot's voiceover narration unnecessary and sound editing and dialogue lacking. Natalia Marcos of El Pays um, enjoyed the show's ensemble cast and the ambition saying it is daring brazen and entertaining at least when it starts now we want more which is not little reviewing the full first part marcos loaded the series for its outstanding direction um <clears throat> the musical selection for trying to innovate spanish television but criticizing length and evident tension at the end of the series original run named coasters of El Confidential com commended the series for its high quality closure that may make the finale one of the best episodes of the Spanish season, but regretted that it aimed to satisfy viewers with a predictable happy ending rather than risk to do not something different, original, ambitious, and that the show was unable to follow the footsteps and pinions locked up. All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over to the awards and nominations. Um, all right. So we have. So we have. Um, 2017. Okay. 19 Iris Awards Best Screenplay: Alex Pena, Esther Martinez, Lobato, David Porroco, um, Pablo Rora, Esther Mor Esther Morales, Fernando. Avia Gomez Santander, all one. Twenty cent. Okay. Um. Fest TV. Fest TV. Oh. Um. Best direction in fiction. Jesus. Um. Commoner. Alejandro. Bazano. Miguel. Um. Angel. Vivas. Alex Rodrigo, um, Money Heist itself, all got nominated. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but award, um, audience award, best Spanish series, best TV actor, um, Pedro Alonso was nominated. Money Heist won that. Um, <clears throat> okay, the 40s. Um, what is it? The 46th International Emmy Awards Best Drama Series Money Heist won that. Iris Award Best Actress Ursula Cabrero uh, won that. Best Series Money Heist down nomination. Mim Series the Best Direction Jesus Calamander Alejandro Bazano Miguel Angel Vivas 
Alex um, Rodrigo. They all won. Going to NIF. Best Drama TV Series Money Heist 1. Best Supporting Television Actor Pedro Alonso. Uh, Spanish Actors Union. Uh, man. Spanish Act. Okay. Um, best Television Actor. Um, Alvaro Morte nominated Best TV Cast Actor. Jamie Lorente nominated Best Standout Actress as the Esabo. Okay, um, I'm not sure if I'm gonna get through all this, but um, yeah, um, you guys are more than welcome to actually look up these um awards yourself, um, or what the nominations and what they won. So, um, I have to wrap up real soon. So let me see how much time I have here. All right, so. The very last um, segment um, right here is Music Kool-Aid. Now, for those of you who may not know what Music Kool-Aid is, it's basically um, um, a segment about the bodies of work of music artists, such as singers and rappers and hip-hop artists. Um, in this case, um, The reason why I named this episode Walk Out the Bank with Some Cash is because um, today is a friend of mine's birthday. Um, I want to wish um, a friend of mine, Leanna Banks, a happy birthday. This is G Money Stacks from Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast. Um, I want to wish you a happy birthday and, and I hope you enjoy yourself and you know, continue success and continue to do things that makes you happy. All right. So, um, yeah. So happy birthday to her. So. And how about some air horns for her birthday, man? Yeah. All right. Um now I wanna go over her music right here. So let me just um go over this. Um let's check this out. Um I am going to basically let me just get this out the way. So here we go. Now for those of you who may may not know who um let me see. I don't think there's a um I don't think there's a um okay, here we go. Here we go. For those of you who may not know who Leanna Banks is, um, she is a music artist. Um, she is a truth teller, vibe provider, soul bearer. And, and um, her, music is, her music is raw, honest, unique, and 
And you know something? I actually enjoyed her music, actually. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to go over her discography uh, right now. So real quick. Um, so um, she has singles like um, Level Up, Mon, um, Off, Table for One, Pleat the Fifth, Ghost, People Like Me, Don't Need You, Separation Anxiety, Daydream In, um, of course, um, let's go over her album. Um, the track listing goes like this. Worth it. Plead the fifth. Level up for you right now. Tragic. Truce. Stamina. Eat. Off. Lost featuring Jordan Bratton. No feelings featuring Jay Peso. Um, and what else? Oh. She has a song that's out right now along with a music video called Zero Fox. So, um, in, in case you guys didn't um, know where you could listen to her music and stuff like that, you could listen to her music by Spotify and along with um, music platforms. And like I said, like I said, I actually enjoyed her music and I wanted to dedicate this episode 25 walk out the bank with a lot of cash to my friend um leanna banks happy birthday i hope you enjoy yourself and do things that makes you happy and i hope you continue success your music is a mass your music is a masterpiece the buyers of work is so excellent i really enjoy it keep up the good work And yes, that's going to do it for the show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, episode 25, as a dedication to my my friend who I went to college with, um, Leanna Banks. Now, for those of you who want to know about her, listen, you can follow her on Instagram, which is Leanna Banks, all right? Um, she's going to have a link where you can listen to her music, on not only on Spotify, but on other audio music streaming platforms as well. So you can follow her journey and, you know, get to know her. And don't do anything stupid either. Just saying. Um, So that's going to do it for the show, man. You like what you heard in today's episode. Um, feel free to show some love by making a charitable donation to my cash app, which is GMoneyStacks. 555. That's dollar sign um, capital G, lowercase m o n e y, capital S, lowercase t a c k z, 555. It's not about breaking the bank, folks. It's all about doing what you can or what you are um, able to do your best and what you can afford. Now, um, it's not about um, being rich. Um, it's about support. You know what I mean? You can't put a price on support. And any amount that you decide to put to support me and the shows that I'm doing will be appreciated. 
Um, and also, you can follow the show on meticulous. You can follow the show meticulous vibe juice podcast on Instagram alongside with excellent, fun, vibrant podcast, the sports edition news show, and my number one um show that's approaching a one-year anniversary which is off the meat rack chains new york podcast you can follow that on facebook and instagram all in one word all right and alongside with my primary handle which is um g money stacks 555 in queens new york and don't forget to follow me also on 17 live as well which is g money stacks queens new york that's 17 live g money stacks queens new york all right um i want to go over the street platforms on the go now if you are on instagram and you and you are on the show's page meticulous vibe juice podcast you're going to see a link that says linktree slash meticulous vibe juice podcast and it's going to when you click on it, it's going to take you to the streaming platforms on the go where you can um, follow the audio streaming platforms, where you can follow, subscribe, rate, and stuff. And you can find and follow and listen, stream, and watch the episodes on these platforms starting with Anchor, Audacity, Audible, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Podchaser, Podfriend, Pocket Cast, Play FM, Podcast Addict, Reason FM, Stitcher, Spotify. Don't forget to um go to Podchaser and Podfriend for a five star rating. Um, it really will mean a lot to me. Um. As I'm trying to progress and grow this show out, we are on TuneIn FM um, slash Alexa slash Radio. Um, we are on Google Podcast, and don't forget to listen to Meticulous Vodges podcast episodes on iHeartRadio. Um, be sure to follow, subscribe to all the streaming platforms that I'm just um, mentioning. Um, so iHeartRadio is the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. And last but not least, the YouTube. Go grab the subscribe button on the Meticulous Vodges podcast YouTube channel page by um, enabling alert, enabling alerts um, so you can be reminded on when the show goes on the air via live stream, more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, um, sh- share the videos. Um, don't forget to download your favorite episodes. Um, spread the word, tell a friend to another friend. And last but not least... Please share the podcast along with audio streaming platforms. And of course, make sure you leave a like and a comment along with the topics in the episodes. And of course, share the podcast along with audio streaming platforms with the link tree link 
with the take this vibe juice at the end of it with your friends all right now listen um of course make sure you reach out to your loved ones like your, your friends your boyfriends your girlfriends um your wives your husbands um because those individuals might be might be found on the outside but they're but they're not on the inside so there is no good time to reach out to somebody you can't put a time frame and find logic and everything on how to reach out to people because um if you really think about it um it's all about um showing compassion empathy and composure and I would also like to say if you are um, interested in creating a show and a podcast like I'm doing right now with three shows under my belt, um, you're going to need the key ingredients to actually um, start a podcast, all right? So I'm, br I'm going to break it down to you before I wrap up here. So um, you need headphones. You also need a microphone you also need a laptop or a computer either one will work um you also need a software to do your audio recording a hosting site um i could put you on to anchor um because that's where all my three shows are on right now so um it has the creation tools provided um which i'm saying in the promo when you listen to the episode i'm going to mention the creation tools and stuff so i don't have to mention it here so you can go download anchor the phone app or you could check out the website anchor.fm so you could get a head start and happy podcasting um journey to every newcomer that's trying to come up and trying to make it and also podcasting is not about pleasing the audiences the listeners and stuff like that it's all about um what you think about the topics with your thoughts and talks opinions facts um and also you know having fun and providing us providing laughter which is the best medicine to to help us with our mental health we need that um can't really can't really and also um don't worry about the the hater garbage burgers from the hater mobile along with online flizzies and conspiracy theorists saying some negative shit with um made up stories and shit or whatever um, because what you could do, let success speak for itself. You picture those three things that are haters as food to eat. So you want to eat them alive, Homer Simpson style, like this. And of course, man. I appreciate every single one of you who actually got a chance to listen to me on the 25th episode and 
And like I said, I decided to de dedicate it, dedicate this episode to a good friend of mine who I saw performing last year at Roy Rutgers Park um, last summer. Um, I really enjoyed the performance and stuff. So, and like I said, I enjoyed Leanna Banks' music. Um, of course, the, the singles, the, the, the album, um, all these things that I listen to um, are basically masterpieces and um, fire and lit. So um, one more time, I want to wish her, I want to wish her, Leanna Banks, a happy birthday. And I hope you have fun with your friends. Uh, be careful out there. Um, and I hope you continue success. Have fun. You know what I'm saying? This is G Money Stacks. Wishing you the best in your music career. Have fun on your birthday. I wish you the best of luck. All right. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna be out of here for the for the night. I hope you guys um enjoyed episode 25. I know I did, and I hope you guys um stay safe, be masked up, be mindful of the people around you and stuff like that, and not be a jerk. Unlike the anti-vaxxers, which I'm not gonna get into. Um, and also, and also, um, make sure you, um, have your water and your Gatorade along with electrolytes for energy and strength. And I will see you in the next episode. So I hope you guys, um, enjoy yourselves and be safe. Don't do anything crazy. Um, and I'm out of here. G Money Stacks clocking out. I hope you guys, um, you know, chase your dreams. Don't let any, don't let anybody stop you. Don't let any um, anybody from your family or anywhere else um, stop you from. Um, making yourself happy with your um careers and stuff you know what i mean um so peace and one love and i hope you guys have a good night and happy birthday leander banks
Check this out, folks. If you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple of things. I need you to go follow the show's page on Instagram, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, alongside with Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast. And you can follow me also on my primary handle on the gram, which is GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York, for more postings of each episode with the topics. Also, go to YouTube and grab the subscribe button, enable alerts of the notification bell so you can be reminded of when the show goes on the air live via live stream. More video content, like, comment on the episodes with the topics, upcoming episodes, previous episodes that will automatically be posted to the YouTube channel page. Share the videos, spread the word. Be sure to download your favorite episodes. Tell a friend to tell another friend. Share the podcast with audio streaming platforms with your friends. And also tell us what you think about the episodes and the topics and and what you thought about the um, topics as well. And what topics you think we should talk about next to review. Um, I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening to the show. Peace and one love.